everyone, and welcome back into a wonderful new Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a really, really special and really great show in store for you today. Joining us today, we have the curator, founder, and artistic director of Kinding Sindao, Hotri Ranka Manas. And she is joining us today to talk to us about an incredible new exhibit that is here in New York. It's called In Honor of the Ancestors, Indigenous Living Traditions from the Philippines and Diaspora. It's being held January 11th through the 26th at La Mama Galleria. And you can get your tickets and information by visiting lamama.org. This is a fascinating fascinating exhibit and we can't wait to see it ourselves but we're more excited to bring on our guests and have her tell us more about it so with that poetry welcome to whisper in the wings from stage whisper Good afternoon, everyone salam alaikum my name is putri ranka maniski anonor i came here in america in 1990 i'm actually a registered nurse i was recruited in, from the Philippines, at the height of the pandemic of AIDS, AIDS, and to be fill in the understaffing of nurses, hospitals, who's caring for the situation during the time and there's no one taking care of them. So that's my first mission here in the U.S. And I have seen that there's not much voice about the indigenous people in the Philippines. I am indigenous. My name and the name of my people is people of the lake, Omranao, people of the lake. Ranao is lake. I came from Southern Philippines. We are considered minorities because Philippines was colonized by the Spaniards for 300 years since March 15, 2021. Before that, we have our own civilization to 10th century we are part of the malayu nations that 16th century came british took islands and named it malaysia and the dats took islands and named it indonesia and of course we have the south island patani which is taken by the bigger sultanate or bigger kingdom of thailand so those years with this presence of the spaniards there is an island called mindanao that were ruled by sultans and so we have the governance already to resist the coming in of western invasion <laughs> colonizers and also very much equipped with our martial art and eds so for that 300 years there might be attempted attempt of the spaniards to come in but there was so much failures that it's even recorded in the annals of Spain, how they were so angry with the Moros. Spaniards call us Moros after the Moors of Spain because the Moors of Spain are Muslims. And I think Spaniards, you call anybody Moros during that time if you're Muslim. <laughs> That's why we also have Moros in Africa. So I grew up with the culture and tradition that is handed down to us through oral tradition. I'm storytelling. The dances are stories from the legends, epics, and myths. One of the longest epic in the Philippines or Far East Asia or East Asia is still in the unwritten form and it's called the Rangan. It's a very, very long epic that is still memorized 
by our chanters, our people, our owners in the Maranao tradition. Otherwise, we are composed of 13 indigenous people nations that is now called Bangsamoro Nation, officially accepted by the Philippine government. This for a while we've been illegal for centuries because we're resisting that kind of governance. So we hold the stories that is transmitted to us through music, to chant, to dance, and to silat martial art. Our music is through gongs. It's called Kulintang. It's eight graduated gongs. We have gongs that are big gongs, and we have gongs that we call talking gongs, which is the gandingan. Gandingan primarily were not part of, I mean, gandingan is actually the cell phone during those days. If you need to tell the people next village that something's going on, there's a particular bit that the next village will give that message to the next village and the next village. So the whole island sustained that kind of music. So when the Spaniards were coming, they said, oh, we're welcome. There's music. They didn't know that those are cell phones talking to each other that prepare your warriors. So the warriors now will come out at the seashore and do the warm-up, which is a very graceful silat. Silat is an ancient martial art shared up to now by Malaysia and Indonesia. It has other names attached to it, at it as it evolved and meanwhile our divers pearl divers the best pearl ever more expensive most expensive is the south sea pearl is from the most southern part of the philippines the sulu archipelago so our best pearl divers you know became warriors and meanwhile there's music according to the colonizers there's music and there's dance. This is the martial art. The divers are already diving the ocean and climbing the 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 boats of the Spaniards. So, so I'm just giving you a little bit of that history. While I was growing, I grew up in remote area in the Philippines, where there was no four wheel drive. There's no cars. There might be bicycle, but mostly our transportation. It's either horse or water buffalo, we call it carabao, or walk. So that means we're able to preserve that story, that tradition, because we are the you know the civilization that is carried by the the roads. We're not yet there. Roads came in later part when I was in elementary school, and that's actually the start of poverty because. It's not roads for us. It's roads for the logging concessions to cut our trees. Otherwise, we have chance for everything. We do our weaving, our embroidery. Our, we make our own salt. <laughs> we pound our rice. And everything has a ritual carried by it. And then, so... The, and then there's so much upheavals in the Philippines. The coming in of multinational companies kind of brokered by our own Philippine government. So there was martial law in the 70s to the 80s that, that kind of disturbed the process of being indigenous. Being indigenous meaning you're self-sustainable, 
reproduce your own seed to plant for the next harvest and then plant again. There was even a time that owning a seed, owning a rice seed is illegal. Uh, that's in early, mid-70s. Mid it's called Masagana 99. You have to buy your seed together with fertilizer and insecticide. So I'm just giving you a hint because if you will read Bandana Sheba, uh, she was telling the story also about what happened to India with the rice. So why am I connecting you to this? Because whatever I'm telling here is a reflection of where I came from. And I want to tell that story because the world has to know that it should not be erased because the continuous attempt of erasure of multinational companies or the imperialists is there very upfront and using military complex. And sad to say, USA is behind it, you know? And that's the threat of the art, the culture and tradition that we are carrying because it's not just art for entertainment or just culture just for us to enjoy. It is life by itself that we would like to, to inform the world that maybe we can influence policies <laughs> to take care of the indigenous people, which is the index of nature, the index of the environment. Once you lose them, you lose the tradition, you commodify the art, and that's it. Uh, where where will the world go? Of course, we have so much AI and everything, but that's an empty world. Even though how much you know a lot of softwares and everything, and you lost the humanity. So, kinding sindao means kinding means the uh, graceful movement or movement movement, <laughs> and sindao is to spark the light. So through our graceful movement or movement, we'd like to spark the light, to enlighten the real truth, the true stories of the Philippines, particularly those stories like being held or stories that has been ignored or like remanufactured by other people who write English. Because according to the minds of the colonizers, you know, according to the people who can write, then that's one, that's another add-on or even the worst part because translating a culture, the culture that is not, uh, but by a, a foreign translator, that's already losing it, erase, erasure of culture. So the attempt of this exhibit is to inform and to show that this, this, Ancestral um, artifacts are not just artifacts. It is something that we have to consciously preserve, preserve, not in the sense of preservation like museum, but preserve and restudy, restudy why we have to relate ourselves to this. And what is the real condition of the people who owns this actually? I mean, as a tradition bearer, I know very well what's going on. But how much I can relate to you in a story. But but if I show you something that is so beautiful, then you will say, oh my God, I want to be a participant in preserving this. 
I want to be an active worker, artist, particularly. I mean, I think most of the time it's the artists who can relate to artists, but hopefully educators too and and the world to to understand the feeling or feel the spirit of the I will call pusaka. It's short word, short translate. I mean, it's short of a translation called heirloom, you know, which is not. Uh, that's not really equivalent to heirloom. It's more than that. So the stories that I have told you earlier are not actually necessarily written that way, or in fact, not even written. The, we are people who maintain the Kirim writing until the coming of the Americans. Philippines was sold to USA in December 10, 1898. By the Spaniards to U.S. by the Spaniards that is together with Puerto Rico, Cuba, Guam, under the Treaty of Paris. After that, the American missionaries came in. They were riding the SS Thomas. That's why they're called Thomasites. According to the President McKinley of U.S., he had a dream. One night. The U.S. has to Christianize the Philippines. But Philippines has been a Catholic for 300 years. So that's how it comes, like send missionaries to Christianize the Philippines. After my exposure to the natives here, to the indigenous people in USA, now I understood what it means to be Christianized according to the present McKinley. Meaning to say, build mission school and remove the indigenous consciousness from them, put the white prosopromist vision in their mind so they will be lost, <laughs> so they can be used. So now I understand why I have to go to a mission school for my high school. You know? Why mission school is spread all over the indigenous area particularly in Mindanao. I didn't understand that before. I thought it was kindness, something, you know, like the missionaries give us baby root, you know, baby root, that chocolate. I didn't realize when someone was talking about baby root of Boston, I said, that's chocolate. They said, no, that's name after you. Oh my God. <laughs> and and the worst is that I was where I'm working in a hospital. There's, there's a little bar on the side of it, when one day I was walking in my nurse uniform, the song, We Stand Today for Our Notre Dame, I entered the bar. Of course, I know some of those people there. And I said, what's wrong with you guys? You're drinking here and you're listening to a sacred song. They said, what sacred song? That's a theme song of Notre Dame ball, <laughs> football. I said, what? We were cheated. We were singing that for Mother Mary. <laughs> Anyway, so those are anecdotes that I have not written that yet. Maybe I'll use that as a one-stand-up stand, uh, stand comedian. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that you will, I mean, re-podcast later when you will see these artifacts that I'll show you. Now, when uh, Kinding Sindao became formally an organization in 1992, Otherwise, I was already performing solo, solo all over. And I was recruiting the nurses 
with me in the hospital, they said, I'm crazy. You're crazy. You're supposed to be working time and you have overtime or go to Atlantic City to gamble. <laughs> I said, oh, really? Give me your kids. You can go to Atlantic City. I'll babysit them. So I didn't know that babysitting was expensive. I should have asked them money, right? But they, what they didn't know is my intention was to train their kids. They know I'm training their army of dancers already. <laughs> so every week they said, okay, free babysitting. And the fourth week I told them, no more Atlantic City for two, Sunday. Because you're going to bring your kids, you're going to drive us to a library, your kids are dancing. So that's so beautiful. I am dance. I'm the main dancer. My intermission were the kids that I taught for for three weekends. They were not good, but at least I hold on some time to dress up into another another wardrobe. So that's my history. And in twenty in two thousand, in the year two thousand, Ellen Stewart, a founder of La Mama, gave me a space for two weeks to present the story of Raja Mangandiri, which is the like the variant version of Ramayana. Uh, to take note, as I said earlier, 4th to 10th century, we were part of a Sanskrit empire called Sriwijaya. So there's a remaining part of that in our culture and tradition, particularly to call this preserved by the Marna, my people. Even my name Putri is Sanskrit. So if you mean potri and potra among Malaysians and Indonesians, it goes back to that period of time. So when I showed that, that was my first uh, break in Off-Broadway. And it was reviewed by New York Times. It was, so from there, that was the beginning. At the start of what I've been doing, even Filipinos do not understand what I'm doing, you know, because of that isolation for for 500 years from the the main culture and tradition that are not attached by the Spaniards. So they didn't really understand what is that. So after that event, you know, it opened the news and we continued presenting. I continued teaching uh, classes and we have in, indigenous people from the Philippines invited so that they people back home would, would know that we care, you know, that, that would uplift their spirit in preserving. And people here would know that it's more than poetry. It's not poetry alone, but there are more people that they can, le they can learn from. So the future is we have to continue to go and grow. And during pandemic, actually, we created an event called Rinayong. I think it's an attempt like what, what they're doing. They're not able to sustain it. It's still there. Our program was all for indigenous people in the Philippines to feature them so that they will know that isolation is not isolation. It's even making, giving uh, more venues to be international. But in March 20, 2020, that's the day when the mayor shut down all the theater that was our gala <laughs> our opening night for a piece called pananadim remembering in uh, the big theater of la mama so the artist director mia you came to me and put three we have to shut the door i said fine 
bring all the camera here, the show will go on. So they have howl around. So we were the first to be in virtual ever on the day of the lockdown. You can see our story in our website. It's broadcasted there. It was such an experience because doing theater at the same time becoming a frontliner who during the first days you don't have PPE at garbage bags. <laughs> Ay, golly. I can't look back at it. Maybe I'll really make a piece of that. <laughs> I can only imagine what that must have been like. Wow. And then I continue teaching online. Like, you know, send the fans to the people, all the rest of the artifacts that they need to use, props and wardrobe costume. So we continue our show. We have storytelling, which maybe you will see on our website. Yeah. And also, Rina Yong, you can see it also in our website, I think, some of the early parts of that. I love all that. That is that is amazing. That is, I never knew all that. And I'm so, so happy that you've shared that. I think this is also important for people to know. Now, turning back to this exhibit that, that you're all presenting, what can audiences expect when they come to the La Mama Gallery and visit and take in in honor of the ancestors? So the experience is immersive. You have to take off your shoes and wear the slippers made in the Philippines. Right? And then you enter and there's a big screen that you will see kind of what is the summary of the whole thing. And then you go from one photos to another, mostly Corky Lee. Corky Lee is a photojournalist, an Asian-American photojournalist. He's Chinese-American, actually, who archived Kinding Sindao since 1992. He archived our, our story. So that's where why we have those collections in there. Otherwise, he archived Asian-American stories across USA, particularly those moments of Vincent Chin, Eldrink Water, and other events that the railroad and all those stories, you can search him and you will find his story actually. But we have a piece of that. As Kinding Sindao, he was with us for the last 31 years. Last last 30. Oh, he died in January 26, 27, 2021, just like three months before the vaccine came in. Oh wow. It's unfortunate. Oh, it's so sad. It's sad. It's sad. And like every time I perform now, I'm looking for Corky in the audience because his presence gives us confidence. Like, oh, this is a baller performance. Corky Lee is here. will be recorded. You better, better be in your best movements. So that's what that's how what he is to us. Also, he was our first board of director. And he really like babysit us to to become a corporation, get ten thousand dollars as our first grant, and help us find people to to people who can give us some sort of tutorial or something. So when people ask me who is Corky Lee for us, if there's an equivalent for fairy godmother, that is him. He's a fairy godfather. So we have exhibit also of Ellen Stewart. 
being our very good mother, he he gave us the venue, the strength and everything to to become what we are right now. And then the other exhibit is Maida's son. His real name is Jun Maida. He's Japanese. He was here during the 70s in his group Tokyo Boy something. He's our set designer. And he carved the copy of particular era. Like, for example, the crag that were used by the U.S. soldiers to do massacre indigenous people called Tausug in Mount Buddha Sulu in 1906. These are like helpless women, old women, old people, children who are taking shelter in old the volcano crater. And American soldiers were there and they just <laughs> just killed them. It's like just like I don't know. I don't know if it's safe to say some sort of Gaza kind of, you know. So he copied the gun so beautifully. So we have to exhibit that. And then when I said, I need a ritual boat because in the healing of the indigenous people, they use boat usually and put all this flag and, you know, all the offerings. He just created the boat. As if he can read our mind. So that's how special he is. So he's part of the exhibit. So these are the downtown ancestors. Together with our ancestors back in the Philippines, like Sultan Kodara, my father, Mindong Sabal, Tiboli. I love that. That is amazing. What incredible, What how visually stunning this must be. This is wonderful. And I, with all of this, history and these stories and, and this information that I feel like a lot of people just don't know and they need to know. Is there a message or a thought that you are hoping that audiences take away from this? I think for the world, we have to keep our mind open and be the light of our current and the future. And we cannot allow major media <laughs> to influence our mind because most of those media are owned by big companies that actually are also authors of the places where being used as plantations like Firestone, Goodyear, Dole Pineapple, Del Monte Piled Apple. Those are the big plantations that took over the land of the indigenous people in Mindanao, where I came from. So those are the threats, actually, of losing our indigenous heritage. Just like what happened in USA. It's like patterned here. Because the generals that were used, I mean, generals were sent there, were the generals that, that, were, that were running after Pancho Villa, after Geronimo, Wounded knee story. So these are like, you know, for these people, indigenous people are really dispensable. I mean, that's the way I understand. Because if they were, they were, it was easy to kill the natives here in the U.S. How much more easier to kill the, the natives in the Philippines? 
you know. Wow, that's that is a shocking thought to have. But I I mean, I think that's a powerful thing to to make people think and to start to wonder. And I mean, I think it's a cliche, but it's an important cliche to say, if you don't learn the history, you're doomed to repeat it. And it's important to know what happened in the past so that we can recognize when it's happening in the present to start recognizing the signs so that it doesn't happen again. I mean, as you were telling me about it, I just, it's shameful. My final question for this first part is, who do you hope have access to this exhibit in honor of the ancestors? Who do I hope to have access? Mm -hmm. Well, particularly New Yorkers. They're here. It's easy. Take a subway. Come over. See, feel, immerse, enjoy, and travel history so that you will become a contribution to the change that you wanted to effect. second part of our interview we'd love to let our listeners get a chance to know our guests and i know we're running out of time but i couldn't let you go without asking you our favorite question which is what is your favorite theater memory and i know that you are a dancer so i'm hoping that it's probably tied to dance always la mama performances is is my favorite because it's home it's home Ellen Stewart has been giving us that privilege. And also, more than that, he nurtured us, as she nurtured us. And even though she's gone, that that kind of feeling and system is still there. Otherwise, we were in Victory Theater mm. um, last summer. It was a good chance to be in the Broadway area. And Actually, my favorite is when I'm in the community doing these dances in the libraries or in the streets, in the parks, where all of a sudden a child will run and thinks he's part of the show, <laughs> something like that. So that that's the range of my favorite. I love those. Those are wonderful. Do you or your company have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Right now, we're focusing on this exhibit. We're hoping we'll have a show coming up October. Otherwise, we have all these calls from libraries. We have already contract. We were contracted already by Queen's Public Library to have a show this coming May and June. And I think, and there's a lot, like on all these Filipino gatherings, we do that. But for a big show, hoping with the budget will come. <laughs> <laughs> that one needs a budget. Because other shows, are the one, we are the one being commissioned. And so we're hoping to produce another play that is coming from the epic Derangin, uh, the, the epic that I was telling you earlier. So it will be 
it will be a chapter from the Rangan. I think the title is Sampurna, which is a Sanskrit word for the world, you know, the the people. So I'm not sure yet with the title. I just love that word. That's amazing. That sounds incredible. And so we're going to have to keep tabs on all of this, which is a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about in honor of the ancestors or about you and your company, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? They can go to lamama.org and go to Lamama Galleria. Also, they can go to kindingsindao.org and it's there, recent shows, recent events. Wonderful. Well, Putri, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and just sharing your story and this incredible knowledge and everything. This has been so fascinating and wonderful. I'm so glad we had you on and I cannot wait to see the exhibit. So thank you so much. It's great to be connected to the whispers and it's a beautiful title. It's the it's the loudest whisper I could ever know, I could ever see. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> My guest today has been the curator, founder, and artistic director of Kinding Sandal, Putri Ranka Manis. She stopped by to talk to us about this incredible exhibit happening right now in New York called In Honor of the Ancestors, Indigenous Living Traditions from the Philippines and Diaspora. It's being held January 11th through the 26th at La Mama Galleria, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting lamama.org. Also, check out the website for Kinding Sindao, which is kindingsindao.org. We're going to have all this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media posts. But make sure you join us in visiting this incredible exhibit. Take in this interactive experience. It's in honor of the ancestors, indigenous living traditions from the Philippines in diaspora, January 11th through the 26th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.